Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Indianapolis, AFC South, Stampede Blue, let's air it out, fly route, let's air it out, topics, loaded like offense, co-centric, talk about it often, Stampede Blue, let's air it out, fly route, let's air it out, do it big. Welcome back to another Stampede Blue Colts cast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Matt Danley. Thank you guys for coming back to the show. Uh, Bad news for the Colts, obviously. Colts drop, uh, man, a super stinker on Monday Night Football, 34-7 to the New Orleans Saints. Uh, The Colts are now officially eliminated from playoff contention. Uh, The Colts looked like a very subpar NFL football team, and... You know, Drew Brees looked like the most accurate uh, passer ever to grace the game. And, uh, you know, just obviously you guys all watched it or you got sick to your stomachs and stopped watching it. But Brees went 29 of 30, uh, broke not only Peyton Manning's career touchdown passing record uh, with 540, ended up getting 541, I believe. I believe that's accurate. Um and also broke uh, Philip Rivers' most uh, uh, highest completion rate in an NFL game uh, with 97, 97% completion percentage. So not uh, a fun game for Colts fans to watch. Uh, kind of, you know, just from the jump, it just it didn't look good. And we just saw that it continued to look bad. I mean... The Colts scored. I mean, look, we we don't need to, you know, go over every little bitty bit uh, of what happened, but the Colts scored once on their final play or their final drive of the game. Uh, 11 play touchdown drive, 80 yards, 3 minutes, 21 seconds. Uh, Jordan Wilkins goes in for a short touchdown run. Other than that, we can sum up the game real quick with this. Punt, 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 punt. That's in the first half. Uh, turnover on downs, punt, 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 and touchdown. So that's what the Colts did tonight. And uh, nobody enjoyed watching that. Nobody enjoyed watching the Colts just get smoked uh, on the road on Monday Night Football. And, you know, unfortunately for all of us, that's one of the main reasons that the Colts don't get primetime games very often. And going into the season, think about it, folks. This was supposed to be Andrew Luck's year. This wasn't Jacoby Brissett. This wasn't why the Colts didn't get any primetime love. They got a Thursday night game and a Sunday and a Monday night game. The Colts aren't <laughs> the Colts are gonna have to prove that they deserve the limelight because this is what they look like too often in the in the limelight. So um anyways, you know, not uh n- nothing 
that anybody is surprised about right at this point because you've all you know either heard the or watched the game or heard about the game. Um, <clears throat> they're just you know Jacoby Brissett continues to underwhelm to say the very least. Uh, the Colts defense you know was on the field a lot because the offense did absolutely nothing tonight. So it's kind of hard to uh, figure out if there's blame, you know, on the defense for just not playing well or if it's, you know, the offense because it was both. I mean, the Colts were – seemed awful vanilla defensively. seemed like Drew Brees was just kind of picking them apart every single drive. He had one incompletion the entire damn game. Um, their running game – you know, the Colts stopped their running game for the most part uh, it, all through three quarters. Then the Saints kind of ran the ball a little bit, end up getting over 100 yards rushing. The Colts did not, obviously. They didn't hit the 50-yard mark. Uh, the Colts rushed for 46 yards tonight, and uh, Brissett went 18 of 34. Doyle got shut down. Hilton was largely a non-factor. Pascal had a solid game, but, you know, really what, you know, 44 yards – Receiving isn't going to do much for you <clears throat> when the bulk of the passing yardage came on that that one drive of the game. So, uh, man, this was this one was hard to swallow uh, in terms of watching your team, thinking that you've got you know a solid defense, you've got a guy who's been God. You would think Bursette had been waiting to find a nice rebound game. Uh, this year to do something and just he, you know he just was incapable uh, there's just no other words to to use he was incapable he was inaccurate all night uh, he didn't look like he was ready for the big time folks so I mean you know a lot of people on on Twitter are saying he's garbage I don't think he's garbage he's I think he's a backup quarterback I think he's he's a, a he's a backup quarterback for what the Colts want let me put it that way he could start in the NFL he has started in the NFL two years now. Okay. Uh, we kind of gave him the benefit of the doubt in saying that he was, you know, going to be better than 2017. The beginning of the year, folks, it did look like he was going to be better than 2017. He was going to be just a little bit better, um, a little bit, little better, little better focused. He was going to be, you know, a, a little bit more defined as a quarterback. He was going to have a little bit of the footwork better. He was going to have a little bit of the vision, the decision-making, all these things. These were going to be better. They weren't, though. You know, he just didn't. Uh, he just hasn't done it. His completion percentage is up from 2017, but only a, a small amount. He's two games away from the end of the year, and he's at 2,500 passing yards, give or take a few yards, uh, a little bit higher than that now because <clears throat> they don't have tonight's game in there. But he had 3,000 in 2017. He's got more touchdowns, about the same amount of interceptions. His touchdown percentage is up. But, it, it, I mean, he's not going to reach his first downs marker probably. He's got to get another 24. The Colts only had like 11 in this game. Um, and just, you know, just very minor, if any, uh, in, in improvements I mean uh, he's up about what 14 yards per game passing and that's you know the, the Colts on 208 yards passing per game that's not going to win anybody any games that's not going to win over any Colts fans you know granted Colts uh Colts fans have been pretty forgiving I think uh, largely of Jacob Brissett there is a faction of people that are 
saying, man, he sucks. He has sucked, blah, 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 all this and that. And that's fine because there are definitely uh, situations. There are definitely games. There are definitely moments in this season that you can say Jacoby Brissett sucks because there he's given us plenty to choose from. There's no doubt about it. They're looking obviously at the, uh, the whole picture. They feel that he can grow, develop into more of a starting quarterback. And, uh, I, I just, you know, I think we've seen, you know, his ceiling, his ceiling is inconsistency, uh, and you know, the occasional big game, but he's not, he, he can't bring the consistency, uh, regardless of what his leadership does for the team. He's just not that guy. Um, he's only been sacked 20 times this year. You would think those numbers should have skyrocketed in my opinion. He was sacked 52 times in 2017. So uh, just my opinion on that, but you know, what do I know? Uh, the Colts averaged 3.9 yards per play on this. We'll get back to some more on Brissett after the break, but uh, three of 12 on third down, 205 total yards on the night, only seven penalties. Um, there's a lot to talk about in this one. Like I said, <clears throat> the Colts defense, we'll talk about that real quick and then we'll, we'll take a, a quick break here uh, while we kind of muster ourselves through the agony of reliving this game. But the, you know, the defense was pretty predictable. It looked like, uh, I mean, aside from stopping the run, we just didn't see a lot of tight coverage. The Colts were in zone. I mean, you saw the graphics on the game. Breeze is like, what, the second in NFL ever (laughs) against uh, zone coverage. So the Colts were playing right into their hands. Then the Colts started going to some more man looks. And as that happened, you know, you started seeing – Thomas getting a little more after the catch. You start seeing Jared Cook get a little more after the catch. You start seeing other guys open up. Taysom Hill was getting active. Um, you know, and, and then you just kind of started seeing everything fall to pieces. Uh, in terms of, you know, I'm not going to critique play calling in this one because I just don't think it came down to that. I think that there was, um, and, and, and look, the play calling was probably just fine. The, the bottom line is this Colts team's just an average NFL football team right now. And the Saints are one of the best teams in the league right now. And they have the, one of the most high-power offenses. We talked about this last week. They were top five in scoring. They're one of the, you know, you've got literally a living legend under center for them because so they are more than capable of smoking you no matter where they're at home or on the road. And that's just the way it is. That's that's the 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 reality of what it is to play the Saints when Drew Brees is under center. And when you have a quarterback like the Colts do, who is uh, at the very least a work in progress, you you know you're going to have that. You've got injuries. Uh, your backfield was not good tonight. Uh, There's just a, a, a multitude of reasons why the Colts were just not up to the task tonight uh, on in primetime on Monday Night Football. So, um, like I said, a lot, of, a lot of fingers to point here, but ultimately this was a uh, as close to a team loss as I think you can get. I think the Colts were probably out-schemed a little bit in the first half. The Saints were bringing a lot of pressure off the edges with their DBs, <clears throat> and that was very – I mean, Dennis Allen is an excellent – Excellent defensive coordinator, in my opinion. He has been for a long time. Uh, he got what the coaching gig at at uh, Oakland uh, years ago. 
he was just thrown into a really terrible situation with that. But he's proven with the Saints that he can dial up a lot of really exotic looks. And what he did tonight is he got pressure with four guys a lot. And he got pressure with his blitz a lot. Early in the game, they even mentioned that he had been, uh, Brissett was blitzed on seven of his first nine attempts. That showed. I mean, Brissett at halftime was five of 15 for like 69 yards or something like that. I mean, Dennis Allen knew exactly what to do against the Colts' running game. The Colts' passing game was not effective because they, A, were getting pressured. And B, Jacoby Brissett was completely inaccurate tonight. So when you have those things going against you, you're—I mean—you're really just feeding into the to the jaws of of Dennis Allen and his playmakers because they've got some real players on that Saints defense. And uh, you know, there there just were a lot of reasons why the Colts just simply didn't have it tonight. And like I said, I think they were out schemed in the first half, and it put the Colts in a major hole. And you're not going to come back against a team. Uh, when you've got Drew Brees with one incompletion, and that incompletion was a throwaway, ultimately. So uh, I just think that, uh, you know, there was a lot of things working against the Colts tonight, and Drew Brees having a special night was definitely one of them as well. So um, big loss for the Colts. But uh, we're going to take a quick break real fast, and we'll come right back with the second half of the show. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. All right, folks, let's finish talking about uh, what we've got here. And, and we're just going to kind of empty this on on Jacoby Brissett because right now not only is the talk heavily on the draft and what the Colts are going to need to do to improve the team as a whole, but there is going to be a lot of talk about do the Colts need to replace Jacoby Brissett. And a lot of that talk right now is absolutely a resounding yes 
uh, in regards to replacing Jacoby Brissett. Looking at, you know, there's the the draft has several quarterbacks this year that the Colts can get. They talked about it on the broadcast. Uh, I mean, uh, Ballard and Reich have talked about it in press conferences this year. I don't know how they feel at this moment. You know, I don't think any of us truly do because they're not going to let on that this is bad. But look, when Ballard's first year, I mean, Ballard's first year, okay, the Colts had Chuck Pagano. The Colts had an awful offensive coordinator. And Ballard was up in the, you know, press box, the booth, whatever. And he was livid, absolutely livid with Chadzinski's offense and how this, uh, it was just so limited and so bad. He's not going to be happy. I don't care if Jacoby Brissett is Frank Reich's guy. Chris Ballard is not going to stand for a less than mediocre offense. Chris Ballard is not going to stand for, you know, plays being open. And the quarterback, okay, so the, the great example, the pass interference call that was on Jack Doyle right before the Colts scored a touchdown. Jacoby Brissett goes back, kind of does some weird hop, and then throws the ball into the end zone uh, when he thinks that our, uh, Jack Doyle is getting held. Zach Pascal was on the right, uh, along the right boundary, and there wasn't anybody within ten yards of him. That was a touchdown right there, and he never saw him. Jack Doyle ran open in the middle of the field several times, and he's throwing to the boundary. Jacoby Brissett's limitations are very, very real, folks. Okay, I have a very hard time, regardless of what Frank Reich says about him being his man. Okay, regardless of what anybody in that organization will say on a mic in front of a crowd uh, at a press conference about what they'll say other than glowing things about Jacoby Brissett because they love Jacoby Brissett. I have no doubt they love him. But his limitations are so real and they're so drastic and dramatic. I think they are dramatic we continue to see him make the same mistakes that he made in 2017 when he started 15 games. Wide open guys running across the field. Jacoby doesn't see him because he has tunnel vision. He can't look off safeties. He doesn't have the ability, folks. He had one pass, and I believe it was to Dontrell Inman early in the game. I saw his eye movement. And it was legit. You actually saw the safety move with his eyes uh, just in a fade because it was a, from the back view from the defensive side of the ball. And you saw him roll his eyes to Dontrell Inman and make the pass. It was beautiful. He does not possess the ability to do that every play. He, I, he does not have that. He would have to have such dramatic improvements and dramatic uh, development over the next year or two to continue to even be able to do that half of the time. You either have that or you don't. And Jacoby does not. He doesn't throw guys open. He's often late on his timing. And there are so many little things. Look, I'm not going to sit here and try to pretend to be some quarterback guru, 
you know, you guys know this. You listen to people talk about this stuff uh, on ESPN or NFL Network or whatever you're listening to or whoever you're listening to. I'm going to tell you the same things. And it's pretty simple. I've watched quarterbacks enough to know that guys either have certain respects of the game or uh, it, certain pieces to the puzzle of being an NFL quarterback, or they don't. You can work on footwork. You can work on eye movement, uh, eye discipline, so to speak, whatever you want to call it. You can work on your mechanics, your simple mechanics. You can work on your drop. I mean, you can work on all these things, but I'm telling you right now, eye discipline is one of the most difficult things to teach. It's one of the most natural things of the position for a quarterback. And you, I, I just don't feel like he's capable of, of doing that with any consistency. That's a big piece. It's a huge piece. It's about being able to read the field, understand what he's seeing, make a play, know where his guys are at. And I just don't think it's there. I just don't think that, I mean, look, Frank Reich has to see this. He's a, he's a freaking quarterback. He's a quarterback guru or coach, basically. He understands what the quarterback position needs. And he can't tell any of us with a straight face that Jacoby Brissett has all these things. I just don't, I don't care. I don't buy it. There's no way. It, to me, it's, it's all coach speak from here on out until we see. Now, I, there are some big mouths on, on Twitter talking about what a big mistake the extension was for Brissett. Isn't, it, was not, it was not a mistake. That was your guy. He proved he's not your guy. You move on. Honestly, Brissett's going to end up being probably a two-year bridge quarterback this year and probably next year. I do think, I do hope, I, w I truly do hope that the Colts draft another quarterback this year. Uh, we'll go through all that later on. I don't know who. Uh, there's a lot of different quarterbacks. Jordan Love has gotten a lot of love from a lot of Colts fans and for mid-round, you know, like a second, third-round guy or whatever it is. There's some other guys in the first round that the Colts could conceivably move up to get. Uh, they could stand pat and possibly get one in the first round. It just depends on where they want to get one, uh, what they feel they can get. If they feel that there's a franchise quarterback out there and that they can get him, they'll try to get him. With that said, they're probably pretty comfortable with building around Jacoby Brissett and being patient on a quarterback. Now, that sounds silly, right? Because in the NFL, everybody says, you don't have anything if you don't have a franchise quarterback. And for the most part, you're right. But look at, here's a perfect example. And I don't even know that Jimmy Garoppolo is a quote-unquote franchise quarterback. I think he's a pretty damn good quarterback. I don't think he's fantastic, though. I mean, I just don't. I think he's probably, a, I would say, really good, you know, somewhere in there. I don't think he's great. I don't, I don't look at Jimmy Garoppolo and go, that's the next guy right there. That's the next big, big guy in the NFL, because I don't think it is. But the bottom line is look at what San Fran did with all their picks. Now, granted, San Francisco had a ton of early, early, early first-round picks. 
uh, all of them on that defense for the most part. But you can kind of, I don't want to see be patient because it's hard to be patient as a fan. I can't imagine how hard it is to be patient as a GM. But I think that if you look at some of the other teams in the league, how much they've done, what they've done, have they brought in some guys in free agency? This could be a, a, a good free agency year for the Colts if Ballard feels like the Colts could get to the playoffs with Jacoby Brissett under center uh, while kind of taking a you know their next quarterback under his wing, so to speak. Um, and I just think that there's a lot of building you can do with a guy like Jacoby Brissett under center. I don't think he's the guy who gets you to the next level. I, de- I definitely don't think he's a Super Bowl quarterback. I don't think that he's a, probably a quarterback that can lead you uh, to multiple playoff wins. I think he can be a part of a team that wins multiple playoff games. But what it comes down to is that next level. And that next level quarterback, sometimes you can be patient and wait for the right guy to come and have that team built already instead of having Andrew Luck and trying to build around him for years unsuccessfully, when you get that team to where you kind of like the makeup, you really like the way it's built currently, then you really kind of go in. You know, you put all all your cards in the middle of the table. And that, I feel kind of like that's likely the way that Ballard approaches this. I would love to see him draft a quarterback this year. I don't think it's a guarantee. And I would, and I'm, when I say a quarterback, draft a quarterback, I don't mean a guy in the third, fourth, fifth round. I mean a guy in the first, second round that he thinks can take over this team and be the future of the Colts. That's what I mean when I say draft a quarterback. I don't know how he feels about that. And I, I mean, I, I'm trying to gauge him, but he's off. I think he's hard to peg in a lot of ways. Because I know there's a big free agency year coming. We just don't know when the hell it's going to be. How many years does he go draft, draft, draft with a couple little, you know, uh, just just a, a couple of free agency moves a year, like Justin Houston, you know, something like that. Just a couple every year until he really feels like this is it. I don't know. But I'm telling you, I, I feel like, you know, I said this in a text message a little bit earlier. I was talking to a guy that we uh, I've had on the show before, and, and I said, you know, I have a feeling that next year is going to be kind of ugly too. And when I say ugly, I mean with Jacoby Brissett under center. Because I do. I don't think that anything that the Colts do this next year, unless they were to, which I feel is extremely unlikely, let me preface it with that, I don't think it's likely that the Colts go all in on some free agent quarterback that they feel can take the Colts. I don't think that happens. So, you're either looking at a quarterback being drafted. Um, I feel like they're going to want to develop him. I don't think they draft a guy that they throw in the in the mix yeah, week one next next year. I think you have Jacoby Brissett quarterbacking this football team next year, and they're trying to better the the majority of the roster before trying to go all in on a quarterback. They have a ton of money. They have a ton of leeway. They still, I mean, believe it or not, I mean, aside from how ugly they've been in the past several weeks, the Colts were right in the thick of it, folks, for the longest time. They beat the Titans. 
they beat the Texans, they beat the Chiefs, they were in one-score games all year long where their record could have been 7 or 8-0 and at one point. They could have also been 0-7 or 8. So don't get me wrong. I'm not looking at this from just the rose-colored glasses type of side. But I'm just saying, the Colts have an established offensive line. They have a lot of what they want in the backfield for the running game. They definitely need to upgrade at receiver. Some of those free agency, you know, free agent situations didn't work out. Second year with Eric Ebron, uh, this year didn't work out. Devin Funches didn't work out, obviously. Uh, so some of that stuff kind of hit the back burner. Deion Kane never really developed. They got rid of him. Um, so you look at that, and then you look at the defense. The defense has a lot of the pieces that they want, too. They don't have the front four that they want, but they've got a lot of the linebacking core with Okariki, with Darius Leonard, with Walker. They've got a lot in the secondary I think that they like. Some of those pieces need to be added to shore them up. However, this is something that I think Ballard is taking in consideration. Let me try to get us a couple playmakers up front. Let me see if we can get a guy in here to develop uh, behind Jacoby Brissett. And then we'll just see what happens. And then maybe the next year they go all in. Because I just really feel like Ballard has such a long-term approach to this that I don't see anybody right now. Now, I'm not saying I don't want anybody. I just don't see anybody else quarterbacking the Indianapolis Colts other than Jacoby Brissett next year. Unless they go in this year and just say, sorry, he just sucked in the second half of the season when we really needed Jacoby Brissett. He sucked. Do they blame it on injuries? I kind of feel like they might. Do they blame it on the injuries of others and uh, you know underperforming offensive uh, players? I think they might. Does maybe even Frank Reich shoulder some of the blame for Jacoby Brissett's lack of development? I think he might. But this is a situation that we're coming into right now where Colts fans need to be prepared for a couple years, in my opinion, not just next year, maybe another year. Because if they have that quarterback next year, they bring in that they're going to sit behind Jacoby, then you get the guy that you sat behind Jacoby the following year and seeing what he can do. How, how much can Frank Reich dial up and, and give him all the chances in the world to succeed? We don't know. And maybe he bums out. Maybe he sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? So there's just a lot of, I think, I think Colts fans need to, and I'm terrible at this. So when I say this, I'm just saying it because it's purely my thought, not because I want to do it, because I get as hype as any of you out there, I promise. I, I almost have to wear a muzzle at home, especially when my kids are, are around. And especially at night, I just feel like we're all going to have to be patient with this because I don't think this is a I don't think this is a one season fix, and uh, I think there's a lot left for this Colts team in the next uh, next year or two. I really do, but at the same time, I think they have a ton to build around. So it, it just kind of depends. I just and but the bottom line is we just don't see Jacoby Brissett. Uh, developed to where he needs to be developed. I think we can all agree on that. So, unfortunately, the Colts are eliminated from uh, playoffs uh, contention. Very much going to be draft season now uh, for everybody. There's going to be a lot of talk about draft. 
there's going to be a lot of talk on the website about draft. Uh, we will have our draft guide up uh, this year, bef long before the draft, and uh, you know we'll enjoy that part of the season too. But Colts got two more games. They got the Panthers this Sunday, and then they're going to finish the season with the Jaguars. Can they finish with two wins? They definitely should. Uh, the Colts, it sounds like, are going to be facing Will Greer next week. So after a, just a complete ass whooping tonight, I feel like we might uh, might see a Colts win next week, and uh, then they'll be playing Gardner Minshew on the road in Jacksonville in Week 17. So um, Colts are at six and eight, not where they wanted to be, not where any of us expected them to be. Uh, I don't even think that most of us expected them to be at six and eight under Jacoby Brissett, but that is where they're at, folks. So. Uh, we will have some more podcasts uh, coming up the rest of this week. We'll talk about the Panthers, uh, kind of where the Colts are at. Uh, we hope you guys will stay with us. We're trying to make it through this too. And then we're going to get into the offseason talk. And uh, I think we're going to have a lot of fun this offseason. So uh, thank you guys all for listening. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Colts cast. Stampede Blue.